Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 714. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. All you got to do is tell us whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I've got another powerful message for you from the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful, more powerful than any double-edged sword. Uh, we have, um, I also have some great music from Donnie Sumner again, and I've got letters. But right now, let's pray to the Lord to anoint this program. Father, anoint this program. Anoint me, anoint everyone in the pro that has anything to do with this program. And anoint the airwaves, anoint uh, uh, open people, touch them out in radio land to receive the uh, word that you are about to dispense from your servant. Lord God, open the windows of heaven and pour out your spirit upon all flesh. You said that that would happen in the last days, and you're doing it by the preaching of the word of God through your servants, we ministers of the gospel, those of us that you have placed in authority here on earth. Uh, Lord, uh, bind Satan, rebuke him, and open doors for us in Jesus' name that souls may be saved. And the uh, body of Christ strengthened in Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Now, here's uh, Donnie Sumner now. To me, he's uh, the uh, Christian's most uh, hidden secret. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Donnie Sumner, J.D. Sumner's nephew.
Praise the Lord. I'm reading from the fourth chapter of the book of First Peter, and this is uh, verse 12. And uh, the apostle Peter here wants everybody to know something. Uh, he wants you to know what not to think about here. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you. I don't want you to think of it as a strange thing. This is uh, something that is going to be occurring all the time. Don't think it's strange. Oh, my God, here's a fiery trial. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's strange. This is the norm for you Christians. To try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. <laughs> I think it's real strange if some fiery trial is not happening to me. I start getting a little panicky. I say, Lord, what's the matter? <laughs> uh, did I do something uh, wrong in your eyes? Because I'm not getting persecuted as much as I used to or something like that. But uh, that really hasn't happened for a long time. I get persecuted all the time. And I don't think it's a strange thing. It's just a common thing. When people persecute me, they think they're doing me wrong or evil. But the thing is, is they are, but it's not affecting me in the way that they think it would. It's not affecting me in the way that uh, unsaved people it affects them when something evil is happening to them. I know that it's uh, not a strange thing, but it's the, the norm. It's the happening things if you're in the body of Christ. And so, therefore, verse 13 tells us, to But rejoice inasmuch as ye, you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Oh, praise the Lord. That makes me feel good about uh, myself, huh? Amen. So you're not, you're not supposed to think it's strange when you're really going through trials and tribulations. Uh, what you, you have to do is uh, just think of it as uh, that you're partakers. You're supposed to rejoice. Well, wait a minute, Lord, you know, they're coming against me over here, and they're coming over against me here, and there's lawsuits over here, and they're trying to close the church down over there, and they're trying to take the property away over here and there. Rejoice! Yeah, because, you know, what, you know, Tony, the Lord says, remember, you had all that property taken away, and you said, uh, the Lord gave and the Lord took, took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you going to backslide now? I mean, you've been through it before. And if you go through it again, it's no big deal, right? And I tell the Lord, right. Okay. But uh, he said, so rejoice. Well, if they take the property away, if I don't want them to take the property away, Tony, they're not going to take it away. I'll kill them. I'll cut it. I'll kill them. I'll take them out into eternity. So don't worry about it. So I don't. But I do rejoice. And so it's not affecting me the way it would you, pal. Okay? I'm trying to win your soul. And so I'm just telling you the way I feels. You know what it feels like? But rejoice in so much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. 
Glory to God. I'm just glad to suffer a little bit, uh, just a little of the uh, things that Christ uh, went through, uh, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, you people out in the world don't know what it's like to have exceeding joy because you're dead, and dead people don't know anything. You don't know life. You don't know anything. Dead in your sins and trespasses, you're walking in darkness every day of your life. And the Lord is doing everything in his power by his witnesses. There's not many of them out there, though. Kind of like in the days of Noah. The Bible says it'd be eating and drinking and giving in marriage and, you know, banqueting and all the different things that people are doing today. Traveling here and there. Having fun, fun, fun. Doing all the things that evil people do. So I want to be one uh, that um, when he his glory shall be revealed when he comes back to earth, I want to be glad also with exceeding joy. Oh, and I would love you to be the same way as I, even those of you that have persecuted us. Uh, we don't want to see you weep and cry and scream out for pain. The Lord doesn't want that either. That's why he died on the cross and shed his precious blood. Was hammered, hammered to a cross. His uh, hands and his feet were hammered with nails to a piece of board. Two pieces of board to be exact. So verse 14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, then happy are you. You know why you're happy? Because you know you didn't do anything wrong according to the word of God. The word of God tells us what we're supposed to do and when we do it and we're getting reproached for it. I mean, there's a lot of churches I wouldn't even dare to enter because I figured they'd try to throw me out. And, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I know that uh, I, I have been, people have said, get out of my church uh, over in Florida many years ago. And they were looking to lay hands on me, and I told them, don't, don't put your hands on, don't put your greasy hands on me, all right? Because uh, when you do, uh, you know, there's clauses in the Bible. I know your church is not really of the Lord. And there's clauses in the Bible that I know you don't know anything about. What they were doing uh, was, I went in there, and they didn't bother me at all, but I started bothering them. They were preaching the, and teaching and gathering collections for the church uh, that's going to be built, or the synagogue to be built in the Jerusalem. And so I just told everybody there, I said, that collection, if I were you, I wouldn't donate it to you because the Bible... Um, uh, you know, there's uh, Christ is uh, not going to enter into that. We, we are the temple of God. And that is just a farce, which you're, you're spending your money on nothing. So if you be reproached for the name of Christ. So they didn't like me. They wanted me to get out of there because uh, I didn't want them to take a donation. I didn't want the poor poverty-stricken people in the church to give a donation for something so stupid. So if you be reproached for the name of Christ, then happy are you. 
for the spirit of glory, uh, for the spirit, the Holy Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Well, when that happens, you know, when people don't want me to go to their church, a lot of people invite me to their churches. Don't get that wrong. I mean, I get invited to hundreds of churches. But I'm talking about these false churches with the false prophets. I just, I don't really attend them. I am so busy in my own ministry that I don't really have time. But Gracie, she's a lady, an old lady in Florida years ago, said they're persecuting me. They, I have signs up, you know, that Jesus saves and all this. And so I saw come down and help you. And so I went against the government, telling them that there's a, supposed to be the freedom of religion, so freedom of speech, so let her do it. They finally let her do it. Because I uh, came against them in such a way that they did. So happy are for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Yeah, and so I know that the spirit of glory rests on me. On their part, he is evil spoken of. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. Because why is he glorified? Because we preach that he is the only way that you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that he is the only truth by which you can trust in to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he is the only eternal life. There is no eternal life found in anyone else. Uh, so that's how... On your part, Christ is glorified. But on their part, he is evil spoken of. The word of God is evil spoken. Can you imagine what their fate is in hell and the lake of fire? Because they're devils, verse 15. But let no, um, let none of you suffer as a murderer. Well, there's a lot of females that are suffering, and they wonder why. I heard somebody on the news the other day saying, I wonder why God is allowing all this to happen uh, to us. Well, at first you were all saying it was Mother Nature. Now I've trained you to believe that there's no such person as Mother Nature. God created nature. But it isn't nature that's doing this. It's God and his nature. It's God's nature that is pouring out his wrath on you sinners because you won't repent. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. Well, how many females in this world have murdered their little children? Oh, you shouldn't say, say that because it hurts them. Well, what about when the doctor was cutting your little child's skull open, you vicious murderers. And you're going to suffer for it because you're a murderer. Or as a thief, have you stolen anything lately? Or as an evil doer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Well, look at all the people in the world that are busybodies. They're just so busy doing everything that they can to stop the people of the Lord doing what the Lord has told us to do. 
So uh, the Lord puts those kind of people in the same class as a murderer, a murderer and a busybody in other men's matters. We're trying to win men and women and children to the Lord, and you're doing everything in your power to try to blockade it. So you're the same as a murderer because you're murdering souls by telling them lies. That's what it says, a murderer or as a busybody or a thief. You're attempting to steal souls from the Lord. Now, verse 16, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Do you think that when, uh, you know, like uh, Jim Baker, when they arrested him, he uh, crawled up into a fetal ball and these two uh, marshals picked him up and his feet were up in the air and he was crying and everything. Oh, God, that was such a, he was so ashamed. So, yeah, but when I was photographed, I made sure when I saw the cameras on me, I just had a big smile because I'm not ashamed of the gospel that I preach because it's the only power of God unto salvation. I didn't do anything wrong. I never uh, refused to pay taxes. The government is a liar. The Pope is a liar. The media is a liar. And the people that they let out of prison to uh, bear false witness against me are liars. And I can say that uh, without any evil conscience. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed at all. For whatever, they took all the property away. I guess I was supposed to be ashamed of that. I'm not. I wasn't ashamed and I wasn't bothered with it. I'm not bothered. But let... Him glorify God on this behalf. I did. I had a big smile on my face every time they um, photographed me. (laughs) And the marshals would stand aside from me because they led me out by the street thinking that somebody was going to shoot me. They got far away from me because they were frightened. They don't want to go out. They knew they were doing evil and they were trying to set me up to be uh, murdered. Verse 17, for the time has come. That judgment must begin at the house of God. Uh, well, being it is, it is coming to us first, judgment. Uh, we really need to be not ashamed of what we're going through for the gospel. So the, it's the time has come that the, the judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, we righteous people, What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? What's going to happen to them? Because if the righteous scarcely make it into heaven, where do you think you people are going to go? We're just doing everything that we can to win souls, and we're just scarcely going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, where do you think you're going to stand if you think that you could just have lust in your hearts and everything and attack the church of God and to do all the things that you're doing? So it says, and I repeat again, if at first judgment first begin with at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? 
Verse 18, And if the righteous scarcely be saved, if we just, like, the uh, skin of a person's teeth are going to get into the kingdom of heaven, you froward people that call yourselves Christians, and you think that you can continue sinning on a daily basis and once saved, always saved, you lying people. You lying devils. And if the righteous, that's people like myself that are serving the Lord, it's a peril of my life every day. If I'm going to scarcely be saved, well, where shall you ungodly people and the sinner appear? Where? You're going to be burning. You're going to be char, char cooked. Forever. Verse 19. Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. That's the only way you're going to get it. You think, well, no, I can commit murder every day. You hear some of these eggheads say, these devils. No, you can't. You can do it, but you're not going to heaven. You make Christ the uh, father of sin instead of the father of righteousness. So it says, um, commit the keeping of your souls to him. In other words, do everything that he says to do uh, in well-doing, not just well-hearing. No, it doesn't say hearing, does it? No. What does it say? What does it say? There you go. It says, keeping of their souls to him in their well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Well, what do you mean faithful creator? Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. You sin and you got sin on your soul and he's faithful to send your soul to hell. Just as sure as he's faithful to send your soul to heaven if you do what he says. If you're doing, not just hearing what he says. It says doing is unto a faithful creator. He's faithful to do whatever. You choose where you want to go. You do evil, you go to hell on the lake of fire. You do good and for sure he's faithful, you're going to go to heaven. Amen? Amen. Now chapter 5. The elders which are among you, I exhort, because I am also an elder. I exhort you, elders, because I'm an elder too, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. He has faith to know that he's going to be a partaker of the glory. Because he knows he's keeping the commandment. Now, if you're in doubt that you're keeping the commandments, well, then you're not. If you're holding sin in your heart, you're not. Uh, so, but Paul says, I, I'm a partaker of the glory of God that shall be revealed. You Are you know? Do you know that you're... Uh, everything is fine with you? If the Lord came down right now and say, I know that uh, I'm going to uh, partake in the glory. 
Father, thank you for showing up to me. I'm uh, going to partake in your glory. Glory! Verse 2. What does he command all of us to do? I told the Lord, Lord, they're not feeding the flock of God, which is among you. Taking the oversight. They're not taking the oversight thereof. Not by constraint, but uh, uh, willingly. They're not willingly doing it, Lord. So the Lord told me, you feed them. Somebody's got to do it. And you're the biggest rebel of all. You are the worst sinner out in that world. Man, uh, everybody was gone home and into bed when you were out on the streets in New York City, four, five, six in the morning. There's nobody on the street but you. You'd made all the rounds. Tony, but now that you're saved, you should be uh, thankful that I saved your soul. So here's what I want you to do, Tony, and all the people that call themselves Christians. Verse 2, feed the flock of God with the word of God, which is among you, taking the oversight you got to be overseers thereof, not by constraint, unwilling, but willingly. Not, not for money, not for filthy money, filthy lucre, but of a ready mind to do what the Lord says for you to do. You're ready in and out of season. Verse 3. Neither as being lords over God's heritage. Some people say, oh, well, I'm your older Christian. We have a Mary Jane in the church that says, I want her to the Lord. No, I preach the gospel to the congregation, and she all of a sudden wants to say that she's the pastor, and she's not. She's a heretic. And she seems to have simmered down in the last few uh, months, but uh, nevertheless, she has that spirit that seems to attack her all the time. Neither is being Lord. She wants to be a Lord. She uh, told her uh, baby Christian at the time that uh, she has to listen to everything she says. She doesn't really have to listen to the pastor. It's her. And she's a heretic as to this very day. Neither as being Lords over God's heritage, because God placed that in front of me. It's not a Lord, but uh, being examples to the flock. And that is not to say that you, if you're not the pastor, to tell people that you are, because then you become a liar. And you're accountable before the Lord. You're a sinner. Why do you call yourself uh, uh, a righteous person or a pastor when you're a sinner? And you don't know it? Anything that you know, you learn through the Lord through me. You say, well, we read the Bible. Yes, after I made you do it, otherwise you couldn't stay in the church. Verse 4, but you don't feed the flock. You feed them false information like you're their superior. You're not. Verse 4, you're supposed to be an example of what the you have to be like the Lord in front of them. An example as that you're 
allowing the Lord to uh, live his incarnation in you, the continuation of his incarnation. Verse 4, and when the chief shepherd, which is Jesus, shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. It's never going to end. Then you can have glory, but not now, because the Lord never appointed you over the flock. He appointed you to be a good example. And liars are not good examples. And if you lie anymore, I'll bring you out again, right out of the woodpile. Verse 5, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves. And she's younger, way younger in the Lord than I am. Unto the elder. So the Lord does appoint us to be the ministers, not you. I've been in the body of Christ serving him. Not being a heretic, but serving the Lord as he says. Likewise, ye younger people in the church, submit yourselves unto the elder. And don't let anybody else in the church tell you that they're elders because they've been there for 38 years because some of them are heretics. There's one elder, and that's myself in this church. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. That means to be examples one to another by letting people see Christ in you and be uh, clothed with humility like Jesus was. For God resisteth the proud. And he's got me around here to resist you. And I will. And you see that I do all the time. And giveth power to the humble. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore. You know, there's so many people that polypare at the word of God. And they go into the pulpits and they talk real fast, like that's supposed to mean that they uh, really are of the Lord. No, she's not of the Lord. Back then, maybe she is now. I haven't heard any things like this uh, lately because I've never put any baby Christians under her. Humble yourselves, therefore. What are you but dirt that God has blown one breath into you? So humble yourselves, therefore. Under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God is the word of God. And um, he created everything with his hand, with his spirit. And it's a mighty hand. It isn't like, you know, the ad mighty, mighty meaty, you know, dog food. You don't know what mighty is. And he's this uh, dog food company. It's mighty. It's meaty. It's mighty. Mighty meaty. No, mighty is where you see the universe and God's mighty hand created it all and that your very breath is in his hand and he can yank it out of you any second that he wants. That's mighty. It's not dog food. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. If you're doing good, he'll exalt you. Those that exalt themselves shall be abased. They shall be torn down. And God's got me here to tear you down if you start exalting yourself. You're nothing uh, if you're exalting yourself. You're nothing to me. You're nothing to God. So why should you be something to me? 
you prey on little baby Christians. I've been here so many years. Doesn't make any difference. Judas was with the camp too. He was with the Lord for those three and a half years. Yes, he was. And was he exalted in due time? No, he was uh, brought down by the mighty hand of God. But uh, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may, he, not yourself, those that exalt themselves shall be abased, that he may exalt you in due time. You don't want to wait because you've been hanging around too long. You're a woman on top of that. And uh, the Bible says, suffer not a woman to teach. It's supposed to be the Holy Spirit. And you're not the pastor, never was and never will be that I know of. And if it happens that God selects you, I'll be the first one to tell you. Unless God tells you first. But it's for sure he hasn't. Uh, there's been too many other evil things that you've done. Casting all your care upon uh, him. Verse 7. Casting all, A-L-L, your care upon him. Why? Well, all your care, what does that mean? All your care, that means you've got cancer, leukemia, everything. Just give it up. Cast all the cares of this world on him and just start serving him. Take the time to listen to a Donnie Sumner tape. And because there's a lot of power in the words that he's singing. And uh, we're not going to exalt Donnie because Donnie knows that he's just a servant of the Lord. And he has picked such a great variety of songs. But casting all your care upon him, why? For he cares for you. And he wants to show you that he'll take care of your cares. Be sober. Be sober-minded. Don't be laughing and joking and everything. You know, a lot of women, they start laughing, it sounds like, um, if you, you don't know, it's uh, in different places, you walk by, you hear loud laughing of women, and it's a, the Bible states, um, uh, well, I was saying so many words that the loud laugh, uh, <laughs> the loud laugh uh, speaketh the foolish mind. That's one of my proverbs. The loud laugh speaketh the foolish mind. Be sober. Be vigilant. Vigilant. I mean, don't be walking around with your shirt off on the church property and showing baby pictures to people in the church that's not vigilant for the lord that's your flesh because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour and you that did that thing and you uh, he got you before and you're leaving yourself wide open for him now the idle mind is the devil's workshop. The devil likes to work in your mind. Verse 9. Whom the devil, he says, whom resists steadfast. The Bible says resist the devil. No, not just resist him. Resist him steadfast. Steadfast. I mean, with all your power, all your might. Well, how do I resist him? Well, you know, when you feel like looking and lusting and gloating over something that you like, uh, is turn around and flee from the very appearance of evil. That's how you do it. 
then you uh, disappoint Satan, who resists steadfastly in the faith. What does that mean in the faith? As the Lord's word tells you to. The Lord's word that made the entire universe and even made you out of the dirt of the ground and blew his breath in you to give your uh, dirt body, your body that's made out of dirt. You hear of dirt bikes and then there's dirt bodies. He blew his breath into your nose and made you a living soul whom resists Satan steadfast in the faith because you're made out of dirt and you're weak, but the Lord is strong. So do as the Lord says and you'll be strong too. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Well, what does that mean? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Well, in other words, there's brothers and sisters out there that haven't been saved yet. They will be brothers and sisters if you're walking uprightly and you're resisting the devil, the devourer. So resist the devourer steadfastly in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished. In other words, when Satan tempts the people, the brothers and sisters that are in the Lord, that are still in the world, uh, he's accomplished them in your brethren. And so if he accomplishes these things in you, then what kind of a testimony will you be to those people that are lost out in the world? You won't be any, uh, uh, you won't be any testimony at all. Because they're, they're, uh, Satan is accomplishing these things in these people that would be saved if you would uh, respect the word of God. Because there's a lot of people that are in the world that need to come out. Verse 10, but the God of all power or grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered, after the Lord sees you've been tested and tried, and um, after you've suffered a while, he'll make you perfect. Oh, but wait a minute. Charles Stanley says no one can be perfect if the word of God is a lie. No, Charles Stanley, you're the lie. And all you people that preach the same way that Charles Stanley preaches. That ye have suffered a while. In other words, resisted Satan. You fled the very appearance of evil. Thus it made you perfect. Established you. Strengthened and settled you to where you have peace now in the Lord. Because you don't have a guilty conscience. Verse 11, to him be glory. Who? To God be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12, by Silvanus, a faithful brother, unto you. In other words, Silvanus wrote this for Paul because his eyes were so bad. As I suppose I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true 
power of God wherein you stand. Well, what does it mean? If you don't stand, then what? Well, then you've fallen. You've fallen away. You're part of the great falling away like you see today. They're all following false doctrine because they love to hear fallacy. And you cannot be saved by fallacy. It must be the pure word of God. Verse 13, the church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluteth you. And so doth uh, Marcus, my son. Verse 14, greet you one another with a kiss of charity. In other words, do something that is of the Lord, that it, which is charity is love, and love is the keeping of God's commandments. It isn't going and kissing and hugging people. That's of the devil. Peace, in other words, the peace of God, because you keep his commandments, be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now we come to the second epistle of Peter. And there's a list of life's different questions. How do I grow as a believer? Uh, I, um, how do I decide who is teaching the truth? And another question is, why has Jesus not come back yet if he is coming? Okay, uh, Peter wrote another letter here to the uh, isolated Christians to um, encourage them to grow in their faith and to learn how to judge false teachers. Well, all you need to do is read the word and you'll get that. He encouraged them by pointing to the true teachings of the Lord. And to the true teachings of the second coming of Christ. All these people that are saying that they are Christ and all that. No. The Bible says, behold, he cometh in clouds. And every eye shall see him. Not on television, but <laughs> it's going to be earth shaking. People that are blind, their eyes will be opened. If you're still blind and you haven't seen the Lord yet, then that's not the Lord that's telling you that he is. Second, Peter shows you should grow in Christ, the word of God, as God has given you all that you need to do so. And uh, this is inspired scripture. It helps you grow and is for sure will make you grow and is the standard by which to judge all things in the world, all teachings. False teachers do not teach scripture, but invent stories and doctrines of devils while living immoral lives. People are teaching you once saved, always saved. They're living immoral lives. They want you to believe the same way they do. Hope comes because Christ will return to create a new uh, heavens and a new earth. Yeah, he's going to come create the entire heavens, recreate them and earth. 
Second uh, Peter calls you to study your Bible, to know the truth, and grow in Christ. So let's study the Bible. Chapter 1. First one, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle. He doesn't call uh, himself Christ. He calls himself a servant of Christ and an apostle of Christ, of Christ, um, of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith. Why? It's precious because there is anything else that you're going to be able to get anything from God without faith. If you want healing, you have to have faith. That's why it's precious. Faith is so precious. If you want to be saved, you have to have faith. Because faith is, that's why faith is so precious. If you want anything from the Lord, you have to have faith. You have to believe that you have it before you have it. Because the Lord says, ask and you will receive. You shall. With us through the righteous, the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2, grace and peace, power and peace between you and God be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Can the knowledge of God give you power and peace? Yes. And not only power and peace, but it will be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, according as his divine power. Now, there's people on earth that have some little Mickey Mouse power, but a divine power, according to... Um, as his divine power passes it on to us, has given unto us, has passed it on unto us, all things that pertain unto immortal life and godliness through, I have to change the page, through the knowledge of um, him that has called us to glory, and virtue. He didn't call us to sin. He called us to glory and virtue. It's virtuous. The last chapter of Proverbs tells us what a virtuous woman is like. You women should read that. And that's the way it really is because that's the way that God laid it down for you to follow that example. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. You can be, uh, have, uh, um, you might be partakers of God's divine nature. Yes, because he's the vine and you are the branches. And if you're in the vine, then uh, you are a taking part of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All you people put, you know, keep your eyes in your head and keep your smiles to your wives or to your husbands and not to others because, you know, in France, 
When a woman smiles at you, they believe and the Egyptians believe that all the women in the United States are prostitutes because they all smile and say, have a good day. So uh, there is something about that smile. One fleeting glance can say so many lovely things, the devil tells you. Escape the corruption that is in the world, the pollution through lust. Verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, the word of God. Verse 6, and to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, all you uh, um, morbidly obese people, remember that. To knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, uh, patience. And to patience, godliness. Verse 7, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity, to keep the commandments in front of your brothers and sisters, and do uh, that uh, unto people as you would like them to have done unto you. Prefer others before yourself, in other words. Get your mind off yourself and the Lord. If you put your mind, if you lift other people up to the Lord, well, the Lord who has all power, will lift you up. Verse 8, For if these things be in you and abound, if they're in you, not just in you, in the just once in a while, but if they abound, they're abundant in you, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have plenty. You have abundance of it. But he, verse 9, but he that lacketh these things is spiritually blind and cannot see afar off. Can't see that these things, what you're doing wrong, is going to have a repercussion that they're going to nail you on the day of judgment. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And my time is up, so we're going to have to start reading some letters now. So we may only have time for one. So where's the letters from first, please? From Kitwe, Zambia. All right, let's hear what they have to say. Dear Pastor Lamo, may grace, love, and peace come to you from God our Father. I feel greatly honored in the Lord to still be in touch with your ministry and for regularly receiving the Christian newsletters and Bibles. I wish to inform you that these Christian materials have not only benefited me, but a whole lot of people here. I have extended the distribution of your newsletters to other towns around here, and I'm about to complete the distribution of your newsletters. This is from Africa? Yes. That's... <laughs> Well, wow, because, you know, they're t- picking up the southern uh, talk. It's got a whole lot, mm-hmm. a whole lot of this or a whole <laughs> lot of that. All right, then what? I'm about to complete the distribution of your newsletters to other individuals. I'm happy to inform you that the distribution has been very beneficial to many lost souls here, and many people are yearning to receive more. 
I would therefore be very grateful if your ministry would send more newsletters as well as Bibles and tapes. As it mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, Though I have 10,000 instructors in Christ, I do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus you became my father through the gospel. For sure I am one of your sons through the gospel you are sending me, which has inspired me a lot. You have demonstrated the love that was in Paul by supplying the needs of your companions by sending us newsletters and Bibles. May the Almighty God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I know that you care much about your sons, so I'm asking that you may kindly send me some second-hand clothes for me and my family. I know that this is too much for you, Father, but I have nowhere to go. Your son in Christ, Jonathan Tembo, from Kitwe, Zambia, Africa. No, that's not too much. Uh, just let you just know your needs and let the Father know, and he'll bless us and we'll send. We have plenty we'll send to you, all right? Okay, uh, my time is up. We've got to pray now, and this is the most important part of the program, is that you pray to the Lord uh, to have his power, uh, which uh, is everlasting in you. So, um, because uh, the Lord is faithful. Great is his faithfulness, not just a little bit, but his faithfulness is so abundant that you can rely on it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So rely on him that way with all of your power uh, by saying this prayer to him. My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, Holy Father, Holy Spirit. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood, Jesus, that you shed for me on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my precious, everlasting, eternal soul. Now, just praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 714. It's free of charge, including postage and handling. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, this is uh, World Pastor Tony Alarmo saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful message of the straight and narrow way into the kingdom of heaven. And you, now that you're saved, you can, you have your journey home. And here's Donnie Sumner to sing it for you on my journey home. Well, I want to be a little more like Jesus every day. I want to make a lot of progress on the King's Highway. I want to sing a little, give a little, pray a little, live a little more like Jesus every day. I want to tell him his love, wherever I go, he's a friend of mine, and I love him so, love to turn his heart, still I go on my journey home. It's been a long, long journey, sometimes my steps are slow, I've been a long time of traveling, but I'm not discouraged, you know, 
I'm on my way to that heavenly land and the right direction I know. I got a long way to go, but I'm happy on my journey home. Well, I wanna be a little more like Jesus every day. I wanna make a lot of progress on the King's Highway. I wanna say a little, give a little, pray a little, give a little more like Jesus every day. I wanna tell him his love wherever I go. He's a friend of mine and I love him so. But the journey's hard, still I know on my journey home. Now before you start your journey, make sure your flag's unfurled. You better get ready to meet the Savior before you leave this world. Cause there'll be no excuses when you stand before God's throne. Come on and receive Him and start on your journey home. Yeah, I wanna be a little more like Jesus every day. I wanna make a lot of progress on the King's Highway. I wanna say a little, give a little, pray a little, live a little more like Jesus every day. I wanna tell Him His love wherever I go. He's a friend of mine and I love Him so. Though the journey's hard, still I'll go on my journey home. I'm going